Welcome back to you in Omnia Paradis. We are approaching some of the most important events of the year, such as my birthday to start off with, and then we head into the midterm elections. I think the midterms are, I, I want to say underrated, but then I feel like that's chewy of me. We're just going to be like, midterms, they're happening, and it's not fun. It's not big as everything, but I think everyone who listens to this, plus everyone in my life, knows the importance of voting and why we should all do that. But I I thought I would walk the podcast through this week. My methodology process for coming to the conclusions I come to in regards to the midterms. This is not about how I'm going to vote. It's more just my process and how I see, I don't want to say like democratic, I don't want to be like how I see our democratic process because like that's not what I mean but it's like how I would go about doing this and obviously this took a little prep otherwise me flipping through the booklet and googling and doing all the things would take a bit of time but all in all I can honestly say I spent about an hour doing all of this so let's just start from the beginning maybe while you put this episode on in the background you could like time yourself filling out your own ballot or doing your own research so like kind of like when you listen to a podcast for like a hot girl walk or like a 12 3 30 or whatever kind of thing and you like time it so maybe my walking through the midterms and how like I came to conclusions and like what I read about could like inspire you to take the length of this episode and like do it yourself so thank god luckily as ambitious as this episode could be because sometimes California has a lot of things on the ballot. This time there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven propositions and um, like four. Mm, let's get this right. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people, but one of them has technically there are more elections, but it's like the board of equalizer depending on your district. So not every district is having one this year, I think. All in all, for California, I will be speaking to California because obviously county would be more specific to where I live and we're not looking for a Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy situation around here. Midterms, you get your booklet. What's the first thing I do? As a millennial I am, I go to the internet because I couldn't find my booklet and I went to Ballotpedia, which showed me the seven propositions and also showed me the amount of money as until now or when I pulled this information the amount of money collected supporting it and opposing it which I thought was really interesting to look at. On Ballotpedia when you go to your state it tells you the type of person who nominated it. It could be either a legislative like amendment or a person could have or a person in office or a veto referendum which we can get into but let's start by we'll just go down the ballot. So proposition one the subject is abortion. The short description from Ballotpedia says, provides a state constitutional right to reproductive freedom, including the right to an abortion. Now, that's like a good like appetizer, a tapas, a dim sum, a dumpling little summary, but obviously to know more about it, we need to go to the booklet. So when I go to the booklet, again, because this is like, I'm not trying to undermine myself and be like dumb girl's guide to voting because I try to be as informed as I can, but like, and it's also not lazy girl's guide to voting because I'm trying to like be active, but like, I feel like maybe more accurate was a compatient person's guide to voting. So, on the very first page, page five, it gives you a reference guide to the bills and then what a yes means, what a no means, arguments, pro and con, and where to get more information. So even there, you have a little bit longer of a summary. We're still in summary time because we got other things to do. So for prop one, 
put on the ballot by the legislator. In short, oh, and I guess the like disclaimer here, I'm not a politician. I don't get government money. I'm like no way affiliated to California or getting paid by anyone or no. Like, please do your own research. This is just me trying to spread the good word and hope everyone does their civil duty. Great. Back to Prop 1. The summary says, amends California constitution to expressly include an individual's fundamental right to reproductive freedom, which includes the fundamental right to choose to have an abortion and the fundamental right to choose or refuse contraceptive. This amendment does not narrow or limit the existing rights to privacy and equal protection under the California constitution. And because white supremacy and capitalism, it tells us the fiscal impact. This has no fiscal impact. So the two sides, if you vote yes, you're making expressly include contraceptive and right to choose of an abortion. And if you vote no, it stays as is. So the California Constitution would not be changed to expressly include the existing rights to reproductive freedom. However, we would continue to exist under the same state law. And for like a short pro and con, pro is it protects individual choice on reproductive care and the right to choose to have an abortion, keeping medical decisions where they belong between the patient and the provider. And the con says Prop 1 is an extreme law that allows late-term abortions at taxpayer expense up to the moment of birth, even if the baby is healthy and mother's health is not threatened. Go back a few episodes where Angela and I discuss our feelings on abortion to get a clear sense of that. But yeah. Prop 1. Thank you. Next, we have Prop 26, which was put on the ballot by petition signatures. This is probably the one you've been getting a ton of YouTube ads for. In summary, Prop 26 allows in-person roulette, dice game, sports wagering on tribal land, initiative, constitutional amendment, and statute. So the summary says, allows sports wagering at certain horse racing tracks, private lawsuit to enforce certain gambling laws, direct revenue to general fund, problem gambling program enforcement. The fiscal impact would increase state revenue, possibly reaching tens of millions of dollars annually. Some of these would be spent on increasing state regulatory enforcement costs that could reach low tens of millions of dollars. Again, not a lawyer, not a politician. I think that's basically trying to say we'll get, we could get like tens of millions of dollars, but like it's vague and where it goes or who it goes to. And yes means four racetracks could offer in-person sports betting. Racetracks would pay us would pay the state a share and tribal casinos could offer in-person sports betting and if permitted by individual gambling agreement with the state. Like I said, this is probably when you're getting YouTube ad fours that's essentially summed up as arc. Are you an ally to like indigenous peoples? And obviously I'm, I want to be educated, learn and learn all those great things about like indigenous rights and tribal land. However, the fact that they could pay to have a, this ad running on YouTube made me a little skeptical to like what the the prop was really saying and having like one guy be like like touting it it was a little concerning so voting no means sports betting would continue to be illegal in california tribal casinos would continue to be unable to offer roulette and games played with dice no changes would be made so again pro con pro or just pro and con so the pro is indian self Prop, Prop 26 supports Indian self-reliance by providing revenue for tribal education, healthcare, and other vital services. Prop 26 promotes safe and responsible gaming and helps stop prevent illegal gambling. Con states, Prop 26 is a massive expansion of gambling that will lead to more underage gambling and addiction. Prop 26 is sponsored by five wealthy 
gaming tribes who want to expand their monopoly on gambling to include sports betting. At the same time, Prop 26 will devastate other communities of color. So that's the gist of Prop 26. Then we move on to Prop 27. Another one, which I'm sure if you're in California or maybe now that you're NSAH and here's me talking about this, you've seen a lot of YouTube ad for. These ads are along the lines of, do you support the homeless and the mentally ill? Like, vote yes on this to, like, fund programs. So, obviously, again, off first glance, of course I want to support those causes and give them more money. And then, you read through, frankly, I'm just reading through the summary, not even reading through, like, whole thing. Prop 27 allows online and mobile sports wagering outside of tribal lands initiating constitutional amendment. This was put on by position signatures. So in summary, allows Indian tribes and affiliated businesses to operate online mobile sports wagering outside of tribal land. Direct revenue to regulatory costs, homeless programs, non-participating tribes. The fiscal impact, hundreds of millions of dollars, but not likely to exceed 500 million annually. Some revenue would go towards the regulatory costs, probably possibly reaching the mid 10 million of dollars annually. So again, money. A vote yes means licensed tribes or gambling companies could offer online sports betting over the internet and mobile devices to the 21 year age folks on non-tribal lands of California. They would be required to pay the state and would create a new unit to regulate it. A vote no means sports betting would continue to be illegal in California. No changes would be made. Argument pro says Prop 27 permanently funds housing, mental health, and addiction treatments by regulating and taxing online sports betting. Prop 27 contains strict rules protecting minors, regular audits, and the oversight of the Attorney General. Con says Prop 27 is a deceptive scheme funded by out-of-state gambling corporations to legalize a massive expansion of online mobile sports bet and gambling. Prop 27 is not a solution to homelessness. 90% of the profits would go out-of-state corporations. Operations. Prop 27 is opposed to by 50 California tribes. And these, for those of you jumping in late or for those of you listening on Double Seat, is directly out of the general election ballot guide given out by the state. Next, we have Prop 28, providing additional funding for arts and music education in public schools. The gist is give more money to schools to fund music programs, and the fiscal impact would be a billion dollars annually beginning next year for arts and education in public schools. Yes means the amount would be constitutionally required of funding for public schools and community colleges, but no means funding for public schools and continue... A vote no means funding for arts education in public schools would continue to depend on state and local budgetary decisions. The argument's pro. One in five California schools have a full-time arts program, so obviously funding it we could add more by without raising taxes. Protects existing educational funds including strict accountability, transparency, parents, teachers, and child support. Um, there were no cons to this, so great. Three more folks, we're more than halfway there, and then we'll get into the other stuff. We're still just in the summary section. Prop 29 requires on-site licensed medical professionals at kidney dialysis clinics and establishes other state requirements, initiative status. This is one has been on the ballot so many times, and I'm just going to be real honest. I get confused. I hear a lot of contrary back and forth. If anyone has like a firm answer and like can educate me, I would appreciate it. So for now, I'm just going to read verbatim what it says because this one confuses me and we've had similar measures before and it feels like a tricky one. I never know which side I'm voting for or like what 
the real impact is because I've seen mixed messages from sources I trust. So we're just going to go, we're going to go from the book on this one. The summary states, require physician, nurse, practitioner, or physis- or physician's assistant on site during treatment. Requires clinics to disclose physician's ownership, interest, report infection data, the physical impact, increase state and local government cost, likely in the tens of millions of dollars annually. A vote yes on this measure means chronic dialysis clinics be required to have a physician, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant on site during all patient treatment hours. A no vote means chronic dialysis clinics would not be required to have a physician, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant on site during all patient treatment hours. Pro states, dialysis patients deserve protection under the law. Prop 29 will help ensure they receive safe treatment in dialysis clinics under the care of a doctor or another highly trained clinician in case of emergency without risk of infection and discrimination. Con states, join dialysis patients American Nurse Association slash California Medical Association and patient advocate. No on 29. Another dangerous dialysis proposition. Prop 29 would shut down dialysis clinics and threaten the lives of 80,000 California patients who need dialysis to survive. California voters have overwhelmingly rejected similar dialysis propositions twice. Stop yet another dangerous proposition. Um, no prop29.com. So again, personally, this one confuses me and I've heard a lot of conflicting things and I can't find personally even through reading this I have not found a source I like enough in layman's term to explain to me what my vote does henceforth why I'm keeping that one more verbatim. Prop 30 provides funding for programs to reduce air pollution and prevent wildfires by increasing tax on personal income over two million dollars. So summary says allocate tax revenue to zero emission vehicles purchase incentive vehicle trading station and wildfire fire prevention. The fiscal impact would be increasing state tax revenue ranging from $3.5 billion to $5 billion annually with the new funding used to support zero emission vehicle programs wildfire response. A vote yes means taxpayers would pay an additional 1.75% on personal income over $2 million. Revenue would support zero emission vehicle programs and wildfire prevention. A vote no means no change would be made on personal income annually over 2000 Oh, and on the dialysis one, the increased state and local government costs likely in the tens of millions of dollars would be the fiscal impact. Back to wildfires. Pro says Prop 30 taxes only the wealthiest Californians annual income $2 million to fund wildfire prevention for clean air programs, funds forest management, more firefighters and equipment, helps consumers afford zero emission vehicles, create statewide charging network, strict accountability, audits, penalties, state firefighter and ventable groups, energy expert support and the cons um, prop 30 would raise taxes 90 billion for as long as 20 years increasing costs for every californian prop 30 will severely strain our struggling electricity grid at risk of rolling blackouts join taxpayers teachers and small businesses to reject unnecessary tax increase on prop 30 cool and if you're still with me we're done with our summary after this one prop 31, referendum on 2020 law that would prohibit retail sale of certain flavor tobacco products. This one is the veto one, I believe. This one was a veto referendum, which is a type of citizen-initiated ballot measure that asks voters whether to uphold or repeal a law that passed by the state legislator, a city council, or a county board of supervisors or some other legislative body. This type of ballot measure is also called a citizen referendum, a statute referendum, a statute remand, popular referendum, or people's veto or citizen's veto. 
goodness gracious this is a mouthful but yeah a yes vote approves and a no vote rejects a 2020 law prohibiting retail sale of certain flavored tobacco products the fiscal impact decrease state tobacco go tax revenue ranging from 10 millions of dollars 100 to 100 million anyway i almost said tabasco products tobacco products pardon me what your vote means a yes vote on this measure means in-person stores and vending machines could not sell most flavored tobacco products and tobacco product flavored enhancers and a no vote means in-person stores and vending machines could continue to sell flavored tobacco products and enhancers as allowed under the other other federal state and local rules pro and con arguments yes on 31 protects kids by ending the sale of candy flavored tobacco including e-cigs minty mentholated cigarettes 80 percent of kids use tobacco started with a flavored product a yes vote will save lives and save taxpayers money by preventing tobacco related health care expenses preventative care versus treatment again why we need universal health care con for this one prop 31 is an adult prohibition it is already illegal to sell tobacco products including vapes to anyone under 21 prop 31 costs taxpayers a billion dollars over four years while criminalizing gangs benefit by controlling increased smuggling and underground markets leading to more neighborhood crimes e don't love that take but congratulations we have made it through the seven propositions in the california ballot now something else i would like to note that i personally just find really interesting is the funding because in everything including because i am one of those people and i'm sorry for it but like as the line states in hamilton follow the money and see where it goes two of these ballot measures had no opposition contributions which were the prop one the right to reproductive freedom and prop 28 arts music funding for k-8 initiative which is great everything else had money for and against and i don't believe it's like oh the side with the more money is the right side but it is interesting just to see so for again prop one right to reproductive freedom 3.1 million dollars was donated in support no opposition prop 26 the one about in-person sports betting on native land 73 million for 42.4 million against the sports betting online had 100 million for 114.1 million against prop 28 arts funding for k through 12 8 million for zero against the dialysis clinic requirement initiative is 7.9 million for 36.6 million against 30 tax for electric vehicles 15 million for 8 million against and the last one prop 31 the flavored tobacco referendum 5.5 million for 21.7 million against jeez now again i'm not in politics i'm not a lawyer i'm in business and marketing and i try to though be like a good renaissance man and learn what i need to learn to be a good citizen person kind voter empathetic all those great things what's crazy to me is if you see the numbers like let's just take prop 27 the online sports betting the money for and against it is 214 million dollars 214 and some change 214 point like almost two million dollars and it's just so hard for me again this is my podcast so these are opinions at this point i'm no longer reading i'm now going with my opinions how much good that money could have done going to the tribes and how much money like we spend going into politics but not like actually solving things of course on every episode of anatomy of Prize, i heard this on tiktok where again 
do not quote me. This is not something that I am educated enough on to really speak of. This is kind of like a kernel, like a seed that was planted in me talking about nonprofits. It was, let me see if I can find the creator because I want to properly say this statement or properly state this. Canon. It's spelled, I apologize if I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's J-A-M-Y-L-E-C-A-N-N-O-N on TikTok. And he has a whole playlist about nonprofits and basically how I know it's been said about the corruption of nonprofits and why they're not great, but he said something. And again, I'm partially mis- not misquoting, but I don't have the full, I couldn't find the exact TikTok. I was thinking about if I could find it, I'll I'll link it in the description for this episode. Basically how nonprofits take money, like they make problems to solve and then people give money to think they're making a difference, but then it's not actually solving the problem because people think the nonprofit's actually doing it, but the nonprofit isn't solving the problem. They're just like putting another voice into the narrative that's not actually helping mutual aid or like rebuild communities I think point to me I felt like was similar and reflected to like all of these millions of dollars being given like again prop 29 the dialysis one if you add the two numbers up we're at about like 44 million the electric vehicles were like 21 million like it can show the like let's get real again this is an opinion this is speculation I can't be like but like I don't think the average voter is donating to these seven propositions when you look at these numbers especially the ones in the in the double digit millions I don't think this is like grassroots effort that like 42 million dollars came out of like people really wanting to oppose sports betting on native land or 73 million people were psyched to do this is corporate money on both sides which is why I was trying to keep this episode relatively nonpartisan and just like read from the booklet what it said because either way the system we have is a problem because if you look at the number I read off and like the money that's going into saying we're voting for or against when that money instead if it wasn't being used necessarily to vote to like promote either side but actually used to help fix the causes and solve the things we say we need to do isn't that where we should actually be putting the money but like we can't I remember Jennifer Lawrence is part of an organization it's what she did during like her acting hiatus called represent us which is trying to get like big money out of politics and like your vote mattering and it's like it's really that to me like a nonpartisan issue like play fair win fairly which obviously I think political officials have gotten a little too comfy with all their loopholes and games and the way they do things I'm going off a little bit of a tangent here but I just started watching the show partner track honestly like I don't love it but the thing that's hard is it's an Asian woman lead I think the show is directed and written by a woman and so it's hard for me not to watch to help with the numbers granted I am watching it a little bit later than when it premiered so it might not be as help as such opening weekend but I am watching the show and I think it's hard when you want to help put money and put views and like use your not your social capital but like use your time to promote who you like like follow creators you believe in are doing good things watch shows reflecting the world we live in that you want to see more of even if you don't particularly love that piece of media or that thing knowing that like the bigger picture you're able to step back and see I may or may have not just like listened back the last three minutes of the episode to remember like where I was going but my point being in the first episode of partner track it shows all of the I guess these are systemic issues with getting promoted like one of the sixth year not residents I've been watching Grace Anatomy one of the sixth year like lawyers was like oh I have a buddy who works here and I know the owner of this restaurant because I go with my dad or this golf person or this 
sports coach and just like all of the interconnected ways that we don't see and we don't consider nepotism and connections and networking and how that's built how that feeds into where you work and what you do but back to represent us taking money out of politics is one way to even the playing field i remember one of the things and don't quote me on this. I want to say like, I'm going to just use even numbers. Like let's say to run a successful campaign to be a senator or for a political office, you need $6 million a year, a $6 million a year to just redo your campaign again. I have my calculator. $6 million means every month you need to be fundraising $500,000 to for your next campaign. So let's say you're a house member in office for two years or a senate in office for six, I believe those are the numbers, like you need to be making $500,000 a month over one year to recoup your campaign. And sure, if you're a senator, you have more time than if you're a house person, but also I think like because senators are there for longer, it's even more competitive. And then not think of like governor races and superintendent races and all the smaller ones. And like if you have to be making $500,000 a month a year to run again because we don't have enough term limits in this country which is another issue is it easier for you to be going back and circling your community and doing town halls and like every month trying to fundraise $500,000 or to have the Koch brothers, Amazon, someone in a company be like, hey, like, we'll give you the six million outright. And, you know, when those laws come up that, like, take away our money, just, like, vote no on them. And then they don't have to worry about it. I don't have empathy because I think corporate greed and I think you're a public official, you're working for the public, you work for your constituents, and, like, you need to do what they want and like listen to them but it's also thing when you hear how much competitive it is no wonder like only certain people can do it it's hard to do grassroots it's hard to be like a bernie or an aoc in this climate because like you need the big money to run the ads to even get noticed because there's all the things of like again going back to like the whole partner track example it's like just because like it's like who comes to your rallies like whether like 45 like when 45 would show up at a rally like a small person no matter how much money they paid people who were like who like had a god complex around like 45 would vote for that person whether they knew anything about it if he endorsed it like that was worth so much so we have to find ways to like take that part out so we're running on values we're running on propositions i hope any of that made sense county election officials will begin sending out votes by mail no later than october 10th make your voice heard early return your vote or your vote by mail ballot during the voting period october 11th through close of polls on november 8th there are three ways to return your ballot you can buy dropbox drop off your completed vote by mail ballot at a secure official dropbox in your county at any time between october 11th november 8th by mail make sure it's postmarked by november 8th or in person drop off your completed vote by mail ballot at a secure dropbox polling place voting center or county election by 8 p.m on november 8th voting locations will be available in all counties before election day voting locations offer voter registration replacement ballots accessible voting machines and language assistance and for california people you can sign up at wheresmyballot.sos.ca.gov to receive updates on the status of your vote by mail ballot by text email or voice call now like many of you i don't want to i don't see the need to fully go through like 
to go through the entire voting guide on this because one, I'm tired and two, for example, I'm just going to pull up prop one right here, starting on page 12. And when you open up the longer thing, I read off the summary, this is like the bigger thing. And they do actually have the full legal jargon of every prop in the back, but this just gives you the official title and summary, um, where the full thing is. This one shows the votes of the legislators. It gives the background into it, the proposal, the fiscal impact. It just expands on those things. And then it gives you an argument in favor and then who wrote it and then the rebuttal to that argument in favor. And then it gives you an argument against and then the rebuttal to the argument against. And it does this for every proposition in here. It gives you the official title and summary, the background, the analysis by the legislator, the proposal, the fiscal effects, and some like links where you can learn more about the sides. But I think one of the things that I always look through is like who writes the statements for and against. Like for example, on Prop 26, the tribal vice chairwoman, the president of American Indian Chambers of Commerce, and tribal chairman of the Federal Indians of Grattan Rancheria are for 26. And against are the president of the National Veterans Foundation, the president of California Senior Advocacy League, and a member of the California Federal, State, County, and Municipal Employees are the ones who vote against it. So looking for people who you support and who you agree with, seeing where they stand is a good helpful hint. Now onto everyone's favorite part. Just kidding, it's the part I normally dread and skip over. The humans, the peoples, the peoples who will work for us, because the propositions are the ones that really get ads and you get bombarded with. Then there's still a bunch of people we have to meet and learn about. And I'm going to be quite frank. There's a candidate list for, again, so there's governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, controller, treasury, attorney general, insurance commissioner, superintendent of public industries, and the board of equalizers for districts for dis 1, 2, 3, and 4. I'm not going to bullshit people. There is a person from each party on here. And by this time of the bout, I'm getting a little tired. It's kind of like three quarters of the way into your walk. Like you've been doing well, you've been pacing yourself, you've been hydrating, you reapplied that sunscreen, you take a break, who, who, who's kidding? I never go on runs, but like, you know, you've been pacing yourself, like you're doing good and now you're about to crash. I normally look at the party and at this point with our polarizing climate, I don't, I am someone who is for policy over party or for the person over the party, but particularly here, I am pretty confident that of the two, I would just vote with the party I belong to and that I agree with. But first I had to figure, and so I had to Google for the board of equalizers, what district am I in? Cause I have no clue what that is or who I'm voting for. And will my ballot tell me? Yeah, but I thought I should look through it. So they give you the candidate statements for each position. It starts with the senators and then it moves on to the governor and lieutenant governor. Our buddy Newsom's kind of bold on having a candidate statement in here. However, he's been a great governor. I got to shake his hand when I was in elementary school. So not to brag, but that happened. And then secretary of state, controller. Again, I recommend you look through these, but at this point, as I am also getting burnt out, you, you can skim them. The top tells you what the office does, which I think is really important. Who knows what the insurance commissioner does, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe all of you do, but I, not to be mean, but I don't know. I think we can all guess. The insurance commissioner heads the Department of Insurance, which enforces California's insurance laws and adopts regulations to implement the laws. License, regulates, and examines insurance companies, answers public questions and complaints about the insurance industry. All right. 
new things. And then in the booklet, it does give you a map of the equalizer. I went to the internet first because again, child of the internet, I thought I'd get my answer faster and I was impatient to go through this booklet. But I found out based on this map, I am in district two. District three is LA. Four is Imperial Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, San Diego. Two is like the coast. So if your city touches the coast and then district one is like the inside of California. So like, I don't even know these places. Like Merced, Kern, Inyo, Mono, Madera, Mariposa, Alpine. So not the coast. And then we have the, and then you find your board of equalizer person and you vote accordingly. And then we get to the superintendent of public construction, which is a nonpartisan office. And being a nonpartisan office, I was like, okay, well shoot, let me read these because I can't just do my normal L. You're the party I believe in. Reading through their candidate statement kind of was like, eh, but then again, I Googled, went on, found a website that said more. And then I was confident in the decision that I have made based on reading these two statements. But yeah, my ballot, ironically, while I'm recording this, has still not come. But I am now pretty confident in the last amount of time in this recording that, like, I'm pretty ready and able to, like, fill it out when it comes and, like, get it out there right away. And I think that my whole point of wanting to do this episode is not because I think I'm some great person who votes and I deserve awards. I do deserve a better sticker than I get. That's not any of your guys' problem. But I think we tend to get lazy during the midterm. And I think we're all kind of tired because like everyone's it's unprecedented. You need to vote like your life depend on it because it does. And like I'm tired of things being unprecedented. I'm tired of voting like my life depends on it. But frankly every year it seems more and more important and I get it and I'm gonna do it because it's the only thing we can do to have a semblance of control but like gosh darn is it hard to keep doing it feeling like is this making a difference you know it is because community organizing does work i follow a few people on tiktok who are community organizers and like it really is grassroots thing one of the things i was listening to of course can't go a whole episode without mentioning drama queens the one tree hill podcast after their school shooting episode they did a part two with sophia bush's friends who works for an organization like I think it's like Moms Demand Action and it's to help do things with with gun control and helping school shootings. And one of the things she said that was crazy was like at the beginning in 2012, I think she said it was after um, Newtown when this organization started. The majority of Democrats, like two thirds, were under the NRA's pay, were getting paid up by the NRA and they were able to like go to town halls and activate and like now I think like they said no Democrats are getting like big funds if any funds from the NRA which is like incredible and like it's hard because we don't see the change we want immediately and like personally like it feels a lot of times like things are just getting worse and worse like I remember a few months ago when Angela and I had it ended up being a two parts and it was oh like a draining three-hour conversation I don't know how long the podcasts it's why we did two parts ended up being about what the overturning of row meant and surprise surprise I mean maybe not to you guys if you still listen but like I kind of had a sour taste in my mouth with the caller daddy but Alex Cooper just did an amazing episode where she went to an um, abortion facility in North Carolina and talked to people and about the overturning of Roe and um she was also on Jay Shetty's podcast talking about how she's the number one listen to like woman podcast internationally I think is what she said and also like the biggest podcast for like millennials and Gen Z so it's like her she's a lot of influence and for her to do something like that for the power of abortions is amazing and like more people need to do it it's just 
a thing of like I think not to get all this congeniality but like it's like I think no matter where you are when you get involved you should be welcomed and you should do what you can there was a woman on again on TikTok she was seemed like middle-aged to like senior age and she was expressing some feelings she was having against voting for the incumbent um, governor of Texas being worried about switching to um, the one running against him who is Beto O'Rourke and going through those comments I was really disheartened by a lot of people who gave comments such as well welcome to 2022 oh you're just learning this oh like why did you change your mind now like didn't you learn nothing before and it's a thing of like fortunately this woman is now fully team Beto and trying to help she got on a call with him because TikTok traction she got to meet with him she got to speak with him and is helping now and helping other people change their minds but it's just so disheartening when someone like her comes she seemed personally and I mean you never know over the internet but coming from a really genuine place of like I want to learn like I really don't want to stick with the guy my guy but I can't switch but please help me educate me let me watch your table watch your conversation of why I should switch and people were giving her shit about it like what are you like to me that's just as embarrassing as older generations like talking down to millennials and Gs, millennials and gen z like well why didn't you do anything sooner it's like bro i only turned 18 this year like this is my first election like i couldn't have controlled anything under nixon reagan or anything before now like you you're you boomer like i just got these rights like well why didn't i do anything different in 2001 when bush was elected like when 9-11 happened it's like because i was a fetus that's why but now i'm over 18 and god does that scare me hearing the fact that people born in 2001 are over 18 and yes they're 21 but goodness gracious that's still a terrifying statement to think about but like both of those sides are wrong just because young people are like well obviously i would vote blah 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 like like the stereotypes are like pro like pro lgbtq and pro climate change and like although like i personally align with those things it's a thing of like just like we grew up with that and not knowing any other way when bull are finally opening their eyes to seeing getting out of the tea party 45 maga fog and we're gatekeepy and shame talking that doesn't really get us anywhere the same way as older generation trying to make you don't know what we've been through like blah 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 we don't and also like why are you now caring why do you care now it's like because i was a child i couldn't care before and it's like not that you couldn't care but it's like i couldn't actively express my care and have it make a difference and now it can and I think with this discourse like I'm seeing a lot more we just need to do it because I think it's it's scary like I've seen things again this is anecdotal I don't have this backed up but like strategies that are getting in place between like not even like voter suppression who is running polls like there are a lot of young people on the right who are getting activated to be poll workers and like depending on how like the supreme court case goes about like letting states overturn election results what have you however that bill goes i'm not educated enough to state that could be a huge different like playing the long game we all need to be playing the long game for those of us who are young enough to want and hope for a long game that we don't turn into like we don't go back 
and one of the only hopeful things that Sophia Bush said like I think it was Sophia Bush it might have been someone else was like as much as it sucks that like Roe got undone it only it gives space for the next and I, I would be surprised for the next abortion law to be stronger tighter and more inclusive and concrete than Roe was because Roe felt under a protection like a privacy claim rather than a medical freedom or choice and mainly affected and was activated by white women even though women of color who are lower income are like the dominant group affected by abortion but anyway you can check that episode out all this to say i hope this episode encouraged you to vote in the midterms i'm assuming like i said most of you already are but if it was good background or i gave you some good jumping off points for looking at your ballot or i don't know just helping you navigate this process or showing you how did how i did it live because i think again taking time to fill this out and to research it does it take like a long time no i think in like tv speak it'd be like two episodes of a sitcom or one 40 minute drama if you like sat down or like I said let's do a podcast or something to flip through it and get like a deeper understanding obviously there's more there's one person I saw on TikTok who was like rapping the different propositions and what they meant there are people there are lawyers who break down what the different things mean and I think there are just so many ways to get involved and to like communicate to get the information like another tangent but I saw someone who was saying I wish Shakespeare was only taught through like modern movies like she's the man 10 things I had about you um Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes is like Romeo and Juliet like to give it like more relatability and I think like if the way you can learn and how to decide how you stand is like based on like a lawyer on TikTok or a YouTube influencer however or a Twitter person or a Reddit thread or like someone on a Twitch stream whatever gets you to vote and like has you educate yourself because even though I did this and I read from the booklet to vote you should still like find your own opinion like I tend to default on like my friends and family's opinions sometimes but like this time I did it by myself I did it first just knowing it helps because I really believe like I think for a lot of us I mean not everyone but I think for a lot of us like the 2016 election was my first election which is rough and I think it activated and like woke a lot of people up on nonpartisanly of like oh crap like we need to do something and realizing that a huge group of people just didn't in 2016 and that could have completely turned the election personally has been like really motivating for me knowing like oh my god like I remember in 2020 I was watching saying like there are certain counties that like won by like less than like 10 votes and it's like this stuff really matters and it's a thing of like obviously there are those people who cannot vote and so this is not a comment to them but it's like if you are eligible and you are not registered and you choose not to vote because like you have certain things like people who are like the two-party system is stupid politics is corrupt I agree with that and I think we should change it and I think can we completely change the system from the inside no but right now the inside is basically in like a, nor- a tornado abyss like we're in the aftermath of like a huge we're literally in the aftermath of a huge trauma as like a world over the past few years and we need to come out of it. I've been loving our president on Twitter saying things like you need like a vote. If you don't vote like you're giving our country to the all right. I like when student loan forgiveness was going through and certain Republicans had big mouths on the topic and he like found how much they got from PPE and like sent it back to them because like I believe personally we need to do more. We need to make things more accessible like one of the reasons I did this is because I think people can easily get overwhelmed and so it's like me going through it 
kind of live through this episode i hope to show people one doesn't take that long two you're doing things anyway like i said throw this episode on frankly you could probably vote faster than this episode will be edited down to and then you can put on your sticker and know like you did your part to make your city county state better and we all need to can just continuously do it together because there are people who are doing things against us and who want things to go back to like the dark ages where like my god the don't worry darling episode's gonna come out so it's like they're gonna want like the dark like like women have to be in the kitchen don't worry darling not like my fantasy of like getting to say goodbye to your husband in the driveway and like wave and then like not go like scrub the house like they want to go back to like the real cult of domesticity and I want to go back to like the aesthetic feminist version of the cult of domesticity that is a choice I'm pretty confident with that comparison yes November 8th for California there's a bunch of other things I don't know if this will happen and I will update everyone if it does but I signed up to work with or to volunteer with headcount to register people to vote for an event coming up and it's very cool like how they have the booths at concerts and I'm pretty sure like I'm not completely sure but like I think the point is you get to go to the event if you volunteer I hope I'm not an idiot and like got that wrong but either way I volunteered to do it because I believe that voter registration and taking money into politics are nonpartisan ways to just start the process and I think it's great that like organizations like represent us headcount when we all vote i think sophia bush helped found that one or no she did i am a voter but when we all vote is another one to just like get the conversation started and i think it's great that we have this is one of the great things of social media being able to spread the message of something this important and seeing young people advocate for it and show themselves doing it and making it a cool thing because whether you want to believe it or not when like Haley bieber or emma chamberlain does something and it makes it cool harry styles like people are gonna want to do it so like we could either use it to our advantage or like shit on the fun so like let's use it let's vote november 8th i am tangenting and i am tired so let's wrap this up thank you for listening to this episode of in on me a Paradis. don't forget to rate download and follow on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast as always where you lead will follow so head on over to at an omnia pod on instagram and let us know what you want to hear about in the comments vote 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 in the midterms and check your voter registration your deadlines by mail etc etc everything and if you feel like extra cute send me a picture of your sticker so i can see like inspiration for like like better ones for my state go back to our episode from one of our first episodes from like the beginning when Kamala was the first vice president and you can hear me still two years ago bitching about that sticker so yeah bye everyone